Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nice to Meet You. This is your host, Simone, and this is a podcast of conversations with friends and strangers where we talk about life and lessons learned along the way. Today, we have with us Terry, and Terry, if you can introduce yourself and tell everybody how we met. Um, so I'm Terry Bolds, and I am the owner and founder of Bold Visions Consulting, as well as an author, and I met Simone through Delphine Legacy Media. They hooked us up, so we're going to have a little chat today. Cool. How did you um, get started with Bold Consulting? Um, so I've always wanted to do something more than just be a regular therapist. So just literally one day in 2015, I just decided, okay, I'm just going to do something different. And my uncle always told me that I was wasting my degree mm-hmm. um, because I was never happy doing what I was doing. And so you had a psych degree. I do. I have a bachelor's in psychology and I have a master's in mental health counseling and okay. I'm a licensed professional counselor. Okay. So I've never liked my job. And literally just one day I worked from home. I was, um, like started my business while I was doing my regular job. <laughs> Word. So. <laughs> Where are you from? Cincinnati. Oh, born and Cincinnati, raised. Ohio, born and raised. Have you ever thought about moving out of the area? Um, I went to school in Dayton, Ohio, which is like an hour away, but I love home. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way because I grew up in um, Maryland. I went to the University of Maryland, so it was like I kind of felt like I never got out of the area. But mm-hmm. also, it's like, I really like the area, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like that dichotomy between should I try something new, even though I already like the thing that I have right now. So Yeah, I don't, I, I don't have any desire to it. I like, I like home, so. Cool. So what do you find interesting? What do I find interesting? Um, I don't know. A lot of people. A lot of things are interesting. I think people are interesting, mm-hmm. honestly, um, which is why I like psychology so much. I love understanding and figuring out and learning why people do the things they do. So for me, people are interesting. Um, like I love shows like um, I like the real reality shows, not mm-hmm. like the. You know, hip hop and all those. I don't yeah. like those, but I like the the ones about real people's lives, like Six Hundred Pound Life. I love that show because <laughs> you get to figure out and like learn why these people are doing what they're doing, and trying to fix their lives and stuff like that. So I would have to say, people people are interesting to me. I would agree with that. I was a psych major also. I was a psych and econ major in school. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a little bit of background, but that was like, I guess my mom told me because I didn't want to go to grad school. She was like, you are like wasting your time if you're just going to go to undergrad for psychology because there's no job. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I got econ also, (laughs) but I've always found people. (laughs) Why did you choose psychology as a major? Well, I didn't necessarily choose it. That's where I was told that fit what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so when a college recruiter came to my high school, 
um, the way I described what I wanted to do was um, like a professional mentor. Yeah. And so they said counseling or psychology was the way to do that. So that's how I ended up in, in psychology. Okay. But as a therapist, like what was the issue with just regular therapy for you? Uh, I don't like individual therapy. Um, I knew I wasn't going to like it when I was in my internship process. Mm-hmm. And when I was in my internship, I, I just remember sitting in my office one day saying, there's no way I would do this for eight hours a day, 40 <laughs> hours a week. There's for the rest of my life. There's no way I love group work, which is what I do with both visions, um, facilitate workshops and, um, do speaking engagements and things like that. I love group work. Um, I do do coaching sessions, which, um, I'm still kind of doing therapy, but I'm not diagnosing you and, Mm-hmm. using your insurance and all that stuff so yeah coaching versus therapy section um but it is very draining um and it could be very challenging and awkward at times and um just that one-to-one constant interaction especially if you you have someone that doesn't want to be there. You have someone that doesn't want to talk or doesn't know why they want to be there. And it can be very taxing on the therapist and, you know, the constant, the constant talking about the same thing and nothing ever changing. And mm-hmm. just, it was just so many dynamics that I just, I just didn't like about it. And uh-huh. then um, I kept getting laid off of my jobs when I first got out of grad school. So that really turned me off. So yeah. What was happening like with getting laid off? Like why did why do you think that was? Just like your lack of interest. Um, just downside the companies were downsizing. Okay. Like one one company I went I went to when I went in when I went there, they were in the red. I was on there for like three months. Yeah. So they, you know, they start like cutting the people that have been there the least amount of time first. Mm-hmm. Another company I went to, they did the same thing. They got rid of the entire adolescent program. I was there for like from like February to um September maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why even hire me? <laughs> right, yeah. So at a certain point, I and guess. First, my first one, it was, I was terminated from my first one from not meeting um, productivity. So. Okay. so I guess at a certain point, you knew that you would have to like kind of make your own way in this field if you wanted to like stay in it. Yeah. Well, I left the, I don't do community mental health. That's something that I just don't mess with anymore. But I had, I took other jobs that were kind of like mental health related. So um I worked on a um adolescent psychiatric unit um and then I went to uh kind of like a case manager with an insurance company mm-hmm. and then I went to like a behavioral health case manager part of the insurance company so I've been on the outpatient side the inpatient side and behind the um 
the insurance piece of mental health things. Do you recommend therapy for everyone or do you think everyone needs therapy? I definitely would recommend it that everybody go at least, you know, have a couple of sessions at least once in their life Mm -hmm. Um, because it helps you to um, get, get an understanding of who you are, why you do the things that you do. It helps give you a um, unbiased outlet, um, and it helps to have someone that you don't have a connection to, or um, give you some insight and some feedback into your own stuff. Yeah. So I definitely, definitely think it's helpful, and I think that everybody should go. Um, yep. Um, do you have any like? recommendations well my first question um are you in like therapy currently not currently no okay so what was like your first therapy appointment like um so my first time in therapy I was in um my senior year of college no I can't remember I was in college um, but my roommate, my sweet mate, my sweet mate came home yelling one night saying she was raped and it freaked me out. And I was sexually abused and I never told any, I really, I had never told anybody and it freaked me out really bad. Like mm-hmm. to the point to where I didn't want to go to class. I didn't want to leave my room. I didn't want to do anything. So I had to go yeah. um, to the therapist. And for me, my first time was not comfortable. There was a language barrier with my, uh, you had student um, therapists on campus okay. um, that were like um, doctoral students. Mm-hmm. And there was a language barrier and um, it wasn't a good match. Yeah. So. Do you have that experience? Or, Do you feel like that experience is- um, do you feel like that? that's like an often experience for people like going to therapy, they, they try to try it out, but then it's like, there's just not a good match for them. Uh, I don't think it's an often experience, but what I do tell people is if you don't like it, speak up. If you don't like something about it, speak up and say it and be okay with that because they're getting paid off of you. So if you don't like something, you need to speak up and say, Hey, I don't feel like I'm talking enough or these homework assignments aren't helping me or I feel like you're talking more than I'm talking or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the issue may be. And if you feel like it can't be worked out, then switch therapists. Yeah. Okay. Um, So what's your favorite job that you've had? I guess kind of like switching gears here. My favorite job that I've had, honestly, is working for myself. (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Um, I've never, I've never put, like, my all into any job that I've ever had. I would do well. I would meet expectations sometimes. Sometimes I would exceed expectations, depending on, you know, how I felt. Um, But I was... I always, it's like I always wanted to do more, and if I wasn't believing in what I, what I was doing, I just, 
it just became a chore to me. Yeah. Um, but in 2017, I got a contract with our school system here. And I literally went into the schools and I did my own thing mm-hmm. with nobody told me what to do. I created my own groups. I had my own time. I went in. I got the fee that I wanted. Like, I was running my own stuff mm-hmm. and doing what I wanted to do. My own materials, everything. So, like, my best job is what I have created. Yeah. And that, that's, like, what you're doing now? Mm-hmm. What made you want to go into the school system? Um, well, working with, working with youth, so I work with all population, but, um, what I do, how I write, um, as far as for younger kids are my experiences with younger kids. My first book was, um, like a letter to my younger self. Mm-hmm. Or it was written from my the perspective of my younger self. But kids, kids need guidance and help and support. Um, like I said, I worked in an adolescent um, psychiatric unit. And <clears throat> there was a lot of suicide um, going on and bullying and things like that. And so I definitely um, felt that that was an area that I could be effective mm-hmm. in. Okay. So is your favorite audience to work with children or do you have a favorite? My favorite, my, my favorite or my passion are adolescent girls, mm-hmm. but I will work with anything. My least desirable well, I won't say that. My my passion <laughs> are adolescent are adolescent girls. Yeah. Okay. What is it about like adolescent girls? Is it like you wish you had that when you were growing up, or is it just like the age that they are, where they're like at the point where they can understand a little bit more, and like you can kind of help direct them instead of like how adults are kind of like you know like in their own heads a little bit more. Um, it's kind of a little of both. It's um, things that I needed when I was younger, things that I did get when I was younger. And if I hadn't have received them, I could have been somewhere different. Um, they're still at an age where they could make a, a change. Mm-hmm. Um, at that age, um, I was still impressionable. And, um, you know, before they move on to adulthood, it's like, okay, you, you know, you, you have this choice right now to see a different outcome for yourself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the the kids I work with are, um, you know, troubled. So they have difficult pasts and that's the, the other population. I prefer to work with troubled you mm-hmm. I don't do well with kids that you know their biggest problem in life is they get their iPad taken or yeah I don't I don't do well with like privileged and all that kind of stuff I don't do well with that okay. so what do you find is like the advice that you're giving the most or like 
yeah, I guess the advice that you're giving the most to just people in general, but also like the young adolescent girls. Um, I would say the one piece of advice that I've given to little kids, teenagers, and adult women is being honest and being accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's something that we we lack. Um, I, I used to tell the little kids, they used to say, um, I can't remember exactly, but uh, accountable. Yes, I messed up. Yes, I messed up. Um, but I can do it again. Mm-hmm. It was something like that. Accountable. And then letting the teenagers and letting the adults know in both in both my books um, to my teenage audience and to the one that will be coming out um, in September, I'm speaking again of being held accountable. You, you have to be honest for any kind of change or anything different to happen yeah. for you. So. Okay. so what has changed the most about you as you've gotten older? Oh, so much. My weight. um I I would say a lot I'm completely the foundation of who I am is the same as far as um you know most of my morals values respect and all those kind of things um but the way I see life um I have more introspection. I um, look at deeper into things. I see things. I, I look past what I see to try to figure out why things are the way um, that they are. I am not as much of a people pleaser as I was when I was younger. Um, I'm stronger. I'm more confident. Um, I'm almost 40. So it's different. I would guess that by looking at you. <laughs> yeah, I hear that a lot. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's different once you get to this age. It's kind of like, you know, I don't have time. Yeah. You know, I don't I just I don't I don't have time for things that are not adding to the good in my life. Um and I'm not gonna let you add to the bad. Right. Um so and then the more different things happen to me, um I change with that. Uh like my, my father died this year. And that has added another change, you know, so just just as I grow um, my perspective, my thinking processes, um, I think they it's kind of like wisdom starts growing in you and you really don't know it. But it's like you just kind of picking up this little these little sage moments as you're you're going along. So. Okay. Um, so as a therapist, I do have to ask this because I'm curious about your opinion. Do you believe like in closure, like that there is closure? Um, I believe 
that yes, there can be closure. For I'll say for me. Mm-hmm. So for me, for me, closure is a little extreme <laughs> because <laughs> if there's a situation that has occurred and I've tried to make amends or I've tried to reach out to you and I've, you know, I've, I've done right by you and I've, and there's some, you know, like you're ignoring me or you've treated me a certain way or something's going on. And then I find out what it is. And it was something that could have been prevented. Yeah. You could have just spoke up and said, well, you did this. Instead of treating me this way, I will erase you from my mind. Wow. <laughs> you won't even <laughs> exist to me anymore. Yeah. So my closure is extreme mm-hmm. because now that I've been given the opportunity to understand why and and we've had that discussion, it's over. I don't even think about you anymore. You're you're gone. Um so for me, <laughs> closer, yes. Yeah. And I think I think for people Yes, because people need um, whatever that that final piece of information or final word or feeling that they need to complete them. Um, I think it can, you know, add a sense of like, oh, I can breathe now. Yeah. Um, like, I got closure before my father died, so I definitely believe um, it exists. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious now about, like, your zodiac sign, because they say that certain signs deal with, like, I guess, forgiveness differently. Mm-hmm. So what's your sign? I'm a, I'm a Pisces. I don't know about <laughs> signs, but I'm a Pisces. I'm actually, I'm a Pisces. The one, thing, the one thing I do know about Pisces, I think, is that we're very giving mm-hmm. and generous and I am and I'm very good to people so I think that's what that is what makes me like when I find out after I've been so good to you yeah I feel that you. you thought it was okay to treat me like that you're erased yeah so I'm a, I'm a Pisces also so I do kind of resonate with that but I feel like sometimes I'm too forgiving of people, so. Definitely, I have been, mm-hmm. definitely. And for me to get to the point of you're erased from my mind, trust me, there has been a lot of yeah. you, you running over me and me continuously trying to do things to make it work. And yeah, there's there has yeah. been a lot of that before I erase you. <laughs> yes so. check all the boxes okay like you're still you're still acting up all right all right yeah <laughs> okay so what other things are you looking forward to doing with um bold consulting or bold counseling I'm sorry mm-hmm. it's um bold visions consulting. oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> um I just I just hope to you know get my books into more places and I just hope to uh, just to be able to spread my message and 
um, as on as many platforms as possible, really, mm-hmm. um, and continue to do it for a living. Um, so that's that's basically, you know, I just I, I hope to continue to just spread it on as many platforms as possible, um, and to get my my works into as many places, schools, businesses, churches, homes, wherever um, as possible. And of course, I hope to meet the Obamas. I love the Obamas. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Obamas, and I want to get on Ellen before she retires. Okay. <laughs> so, what made you want to write a book? Um, I always used to want to write when I was younger, and um, then I developed a seizure disorder in um, grad school, and. Um, just that whole the medicine all that messes up with your thinking process and all that and I almost dropped out of school um but I just wanted to write this book like to young girls and so when I decided to start the business uh, I was just like I'm just gonna do it and I wrote it so and I have seen a book somebody I knew wrote a book and like I bought it, and I'm like, I can do this, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I mean, it was literally like two sentences on the page, and it was a yeah. book. It was a kid's book, and I'm like, I can do this. And so I did it, and now I'm waiting for my fourth book to finish being edited. So. Um, yeah, so I feel like the last couple podcasts, there have been authors on also, and everybody's just talking about, like, create the content that you want to see. So I guess that's, like, was your inspiration behind creating your books? Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely. Um, the first one is, like I said, is, like, me writing a letter to my younger self, um, a love letter to my younger self, a self-esteem book for Black girls to young adult women. Um, the second one is um, Bold Choice, They Say I'm Bad, and it um, talks about the power of words and forgiveness and um, making healthy choices. Uh, I don't talk about being good or bad. I talk about um, healthy choices versus yeah. unhealthy choices. Yeah. And then Bold Me, I Am Worthy talks about accepting people's differences, learning to love yourself, um, encouragement, bullying. And then this this um, most recent book is um, Bold Self-Reflection, Know Thyself. And it goes along with the message of um, the being honest with who you are, looking at yourself in the mirror. And that's for um, an adult audience. Okay, cool. What do you think is the most important part of self-care? The most important part of self-care is knowing what you need to take care of yourself. Self-care is not just manicures and pedicures. Self-care could be um, turning your phone on Do Not Disturb which for me, I have to do that. It's <laughs> something that I was not doing. You know, I was always available to everybody all the time. And it was draining. <clears throat> so learning what 
it is that can help you take care of yourself. You have to find what it is. Do you need to wake up earlier in the morning? That doesn't, that's not for me, but it might be for you, you know? Not for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, taking an hour to your day, mm-hmm. like for yourself, like an hour where you can go away or, like I said, close yourself off or whatever, and you're not on social media, you're not talking to anybody, or maybe you need to get weekly massages, or maybe you need to go exercise a couple of times a week. So um, whatever it is, you, you need to learn what what kind of self-care works for you and what kind of self-care you What do you think is the most often, like, I guess, form of self-care that people use? Pedicures and manicures. Do you think that that's helpful at all? or? That is self-care day, pedicures, manicures, <laughs> you know, going yeah. to drink some wine. That's what people, you know, that's what people think about, you know, self-care, and that's fine. It, that's just not, that's just not all self-care is. It doesn't always have to be um, going out and getting some kind of service. Mm-hmm. It could, like I said, it could be just turning your phone on, do not disturb. Yeah. It could, sitting, it could be sitting on your balcony with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. Yeah. So, yeah. So do you have any kids or do you want any? I do not have kids. Um, I have nephews and a niece. Um, two nieces, actually. Um, I'm actually school shopping now for my <laughs> my nephew. Okay. Um. So I don't have to have kids. Yeah. Um, if I have them, then you know, great. Um, when I was younger, yes, I wanted kids, wanted a family. When I developed my seizure disorder, that kind of changed for me. Oh. Um, <clears throat> and I don't want to have children, and I'm not married. So I'm not married. I'm 37. So there's a lot of like happens, happens. <laughs> these happening like later in life. I feel like it these, is. It's yeah. a lot. I have a lot of classmates and others I went to school with that are like still having kids or just having kids. So yeah. it's definitely happening a lot later in life. I was going to ask you, what's the most most important lesson that you want to teach your children? Or I guess you can even just say, I guess, your nieces and nephews. Like, just... Um, I would probably... Self is, self-empowerment um, is, a, is a part of my mission, and I would probably teach them that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know two of my nephews, nephews struggle with that. People, like, picking on them, and they kind of... You know, they don't have the best self-confidence, so I, that would probably be something that I would definitely encourage, speaking up for yourself, being assertive, standing up for yourself, not letting people run over you, yeah. um, kind of things that um, that I endured sometimes when I was younger. Not too, like, a, a, um overwhelming um, aspect, but it happened, yeah. so... So you've written books about anti-bullying. Um, do you mm-hmm. think that there will be a time where bullying won't exist? No, never? Definitely. No. I mean, I don't know if you're religious or not, but bullying was in the Bible. 
that'll that'll it'll always happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, perhaps the levels and the ways in which bullying occur, those change. Like kids go tell you to kill yourself now. Like nobody t- said do that when I was a kid. You yeah, until people to kill themselves. Yeah, and then they actually try to go do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, the ways in which people bully change. Like, no. Yeah. So, what do you think is like the best case scenario, or like how do we get to the point where, I guess, just like kids aren't as mean or like aren't so mean, or do you think? Well, the first, the first thing is that. It's not just kids. Adults are mean. Yeah. And adults are police. And um, that's the first thing. Everybody bullies. Um, what will it take for get to everybody? When you're <laughs> an adult bullying, <laughs> you have some things that you haven't been dealing with in mm-hmm. life. And you need to address those things because you feel as though you need to target other people um, for whatever reason. Children that bully also have the same thing, but they're a kid. They have time to work on and deal with whatever it is that they have going on. When you're an adult, you have a lot more that you have built up going on that has caused you to to know to, to be an internet troll and to pick on people at work and, you know, all these other sorts of things that you're doing. So, yeah, it's not just, unfortunately, it's not just kids. Yeah. It's everywhere. And the kids are probably seeing it and so. Imitating it. Or they're hearing their parents do it and all that kind of stuff. So it's sad. And I follow a lot of stuff on social media and there's nothing but bullying all the time. Yeah, that's true. Do you think social media has kind of like, made it easier to be a bully? Um, I, I think I think with each generation, there's always some new aspect that helps to make things better and also has the potential to make things worse. Mm-hmm. And it's always how an individual chooses to use whatever that new thing is. Yeah. So social media has many great qualities and uses um but then you can take it and use it for bad as well mm-hmm. so um just like you know with a telephone it has great qualities but a lot of people took it and used it for bad so yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily blame social media it's the people that are using it, how they're using it those individuals Okay. So Instagram was talking about like taking away, like, so you can't see the amount of people that liked your posts. How do you feel about that? Cause I feel like my opinion is that it shouldn't, I guess we should teach children that it doesn't matter how many people like your posts, as long as you like your posts or something along that line. Or like, do you feel like that's a good thing that they're doing with like taking away that feature? I mean, well, at this point, somebody else is just going to create another way for you to see how popular you are. Because that's the whole thing, you know. The likes let you know how how popular you are. Mm -hmm. Even even adults are with businesses, you know. 
people go look at my page. Um, you know, if, if they're submitting me to speak or things like that, people want to see how many people are following me. Yeah. So it, we, we've created this space of seeing how popular somebody is. I personally don't um, think there, 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 there'll be other ways for kids to still find some way to see how popular, mm-hmm. you know, you are. Because maybe they don't need the likes, but now they're going to focus on how many friends. Yeah, or how many comments. Yeah, make a post to say, share this, how many people will share it, you know, so I just feel like they'll they'll still find some way to to fulfill that need of seeing how well-liked they are, how popular they are. So you kind of feel like there's no point in taking it away, or... It's just, I don't see the point. Okay. So, um, I guess switching the topics a little bit. So in relationship, in relationships, what is the deal breaker for you? So not like a deal breaker, but like the deal breaker. If somebody does this, then that's it. Well, I, something that gets me that wouldn't even get you past the first conversation, a couple of words is if you don't (laughs) believe in God. Okay. If you don't believe in God, you don't have a relationship with God, you don't attend, like, if you don't even attend church or anything, you mm-hmm. wouldn't, you wouldn't move far with me at mm-hmm. all. So. What do you look for in someone that you're trying to date? Um, I guess attractive, goal-driven um godly family oriented fun funny mm-hmm. um i'm not really into you know super like you know you got to have a million dollars and you know there's this this total misconception about when you finding a mate or somebody to date, like that everybody has to drop all of this money on you. And I'm just thinking like, what kind of jobs are these people having? Like, are you expecting these people to have to go and take you out to root Chris on your first date mm-hmm. or everywhere, you know, or they get you a Louis for your birthday and they doing like, what, what kind of jobs are you expecting? <laughs> these people to have all the time I just think I I watch even people on my friends list I just watch some comments and posts like it's so unrealistic mm-hmm. um and I, I live in a realistic I have realistic <laughs> expectations <Yeah. laughs> of people so I'll just say that I have realistic expectations of people I don't you know I don't expect to meet Diddy yeah. If I do, hey. <laughs> but I'm not looking at you like you're supposed to treat me like Diddy. Yeah. For me, it's like I like food, so I like to be taken to nice restaurants, but like designer bags and stuff, I can't really get behind them because it's just like it just seems like so much money wasted. It's like I can get like a nice leather bag from the outlets, you know, like something mm-hmm. that's affordable, you know. Maybe it's last season, but you know, but... And it's like, okay, you'd like to go to nice restaurants, 
But what if he can't take you all the time? What if he, you know, he can't afford it all the time? Are you like, oh, he's trash? You know what I'm saying? Because maybe yeah. he's a great guy and he just can't afford Ruth Chris, but like every two months or something. Yeah. That, that kind of stuff. People, and I'm just like, everybody doesn't, every, everybody is just, it's not able to do those things. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. And it's just, it's just unrealistic to me. I think a lot of that go, and that's why so many people are single (laughs) (laughs) because they just live in a fantasy world. I'm just like, and it gets like to the point where it's just like, what are you actually looking for? It's like, are you looking for Mm -hmm. looking for like money? They're looking for, they're looking for what they think or see on the shade room mm-hmm. or what they see on whatever hip hop ink crew yeah whatever you know show that they're watching is like that is tv <laughs> you know this thing the other day we were talking about like um gucci Mane. apparently like you know like he's living like this lavish life with his new wife and everything apparently he's like back child support for like one of his mm-hmm. other kids, like how are you like promoting this lifestyle, but then you have back child support? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. And <laughs> and I was just I saw that story and I'm like, what's the whole story? Because that just doesn't. I agree. That just doesn't. Right. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. Wow. You have all of this. Yeah. I don't know. I agree. I. And I just wonder, like, hmm, I wonder what the backstory is. Mm-hmm. I hope it's a backstory. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that he's just not paying the child support because if so, that would be yeah. not a good look. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so let's see. Do you like to travel? <sighs> okay, so <laughs> I do, but I'm the type of person that, like, I'm the type of vacationer that I don't have to have an itinerary. Okay. Like, <laughs> I can go travel maybe, like, to a resort and leave me alone. Let me stay at the resort. Yeah. Or I can go travel to a relative's house and let me chill at the house. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have an itinerary. Okay. Like my boyfriend, when we go somewhere, he has he wants to go here, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god, I I don't want to do anything. Like then it's not vacation anymore. Yeah. <laughs> because I have to, I like I have this schedule, and I always have a schedule, and I don't want a schedule. Yeah, this is the one time that's unscheduled. Yeah. So I'm the type of traveler where um I'll have like I like a loose itinerary because like when I go places like I want to try the restaurants and I want to try something that's like local. So it's like I try to if I put an itinerary together, it's like I want to do like one thing a day and then try one restaurant a day. Like other than that, like just have like kind of like a loose just like okay whatever like do whatever but like I just want to like I guess experience more of like the local side of things so yeah I need like yeah (laughs) I need some structure for me at least (laughs) 
Yeah, just leave me alone. That's I have a my one of my sorority sisters, she wants a full itinerary. And I'm just like <laughs> No. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What sorority are you a part of? I am a Zeta. Okay. My mom is a um Delta. Okay. Yeah. What made you want to join a sorority? Um, I was in a high school sorority and I loved it. And so I knew that was something I always wanted to do um, later in mm-hmm. life. So, yeah. Okay. And why Zeta? Um, that was the one I connected with the most. Okay. Um, yeah, that was the one I connected with the most. And they all have the kind of same basic core values. Yeah. Um, and but that particular one was the seemed the best for me. Mm-hmm. So I, guess, I know I guess you can't get into this too much. What was the pledging process like? Um, pledging? I don't know. What What you mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole answer. <laughs> Becoming a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated was the best decision I ever made. Mm-hmm. That's my answer. <laughs> I've thought about like joining the um, grad chapter for Delta, at least, but mm-hmm. I haven't. I guess it's like I have to prepare for it. But I kind of mm-hmm. wish I could undergrad. It's it's um seems like a good thing to be a part of a good like social like experience and also a good service experience because I've started like volunteering a lot more like as I've mm-hmm. grown up and like just it's a great way to meet people one and like give back to the community too so I think that's what life mm-hmm. is so, so um who inspires you the most um I would probably say somebody that inspired me and probably pushed me the most would have would be my uncle mm-hmm. um he's the one he actually he named my business and he is the one that has pushed um entrepreneurship way before it was popular became popular yeah. to me and the one had that's kind of like been behind me like guiding me the whole way so he he would probably be be the biggest the the biggest reason behind the whole even startup of everything is he an entrepreneur himself sure definitely and an author Mm -hmm. okay if you could be one age forever what age would you be if i could be one age forever I'm going to say, even though I'm that age forever, I could still change. Life could still change. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with that thought. <laughs> okay. I would go back. I would go back to probably 30. Okay. I would go back 30. Yeah, I would go back to 30. Okay. What about 30s, like, drawing you there? Um, I felt good physically. Um, 
at 30, I probably could have made a decision to branch out on my own sooner. Um, at 30, two of my cousins were still alive. Um, and a good friend of mine, they were still alive at 30. And so, yeah, I would probably pick 30. Okay, well, I guess we can wrap this up here. And um, the last question I have for you is, do you have any questions for me? Um, why do you like to do podcasts? Um, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> Most people ask, like, why I started the podcast. And um, I think it's fun, like, just meeting people and, like, learning more about them and learning well I guess for me it's like learning more about other people helps me learn more about myself it's like whether I agree with your position or disagree with your position then that at least informs my perspective about how I feel about different things and I think that everybody like out there has something to teach you so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah I would agree mm -hmm. do you have any other questions yeah not that I can think of I mean so is this your, what is your profession or what do you do for a living? I work in economics. Okay. Yeah, I needed to and use that. I got, I got to use that <laughs> degree, not the um, psychology one. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Nope, that's yeah. it. Um, so do you have any social media that you'd like to find? Sure. Um, my Instagram and Twitter are visions bold um v-i-s-i-o-n-s b-o-l-d and um facebook is bold visions consulting llc and my website is um www.boldvisionsconsulting.com and that's visions with an s okay. and do you have any projects that you're working on i know you mentioned the book that's coming out in september but is there anything else that people should be looking out for yeah, um, just that I'm releasing my new book and um, September 21st is actually my launch event. Okay. Um, I have two, two interactive books that I actually probably should be on my website by now. My guy should have put them on. So those are new releases um, as well. They're interactive books um, in accompaniment to two of my books. So those are the latest things right now. So what do you mean by like interactive books? Like, it's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure type thing? Like workbooks. Okay. All right. I see. But, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're workbooks. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate you sitting down and talking to me. No problem. Thank you. Um, if you guys would like to follow the podcast, you can do that at NTMY Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, you can do that on iTunes. SoundCloud, and Spotify. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, or just something that you want to share, you can send those emails to ntmypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next week.